Blog Talk Radio. Gonna tell you a little bedtime tale, legend it will become. Burgers flying out the door, sail on. Two for one, no concern for the future. Living for today. Fast food bite on your way, lay it all to waste. The masses are afflicted now. Moo, mad cow. Mad cow. Mad cow, mad cow, line dance song. Hey, Sign Guy Nation. Welcome to the show here on another Friday afternoon. Sign Guy, along with the coach with the most, coming at us from coast to coast. He doesn't mean to brag, but he has to boast because his favorite meal of all time is pot roast. Coach Mike Jones. Happy Canada Day to everyone out there celebrating that particular holiday. But I want to jump into things really quick because our guest has a little bit of limited time today. I want to bring to you handsome Nick Hamrick. Mr. Hamrick, thank you so much for being with us today. We appreciate you. No problem. I'm I'm so glad to be here. I've followed you guys' show Um Really love what you guys are doing and just really excited. Well, we're glad to have you here. And if you followed us, you probably know our traditional first-time question for the first-time guest. What got you into this crazy business of professional wrestling? Oh, of course, man. Uh, Five years old, watching Flair and WCW and Four Horsemen. I mean... I grew up in the uh, one of the best times in wrestling history, so being a kid in the early 90s, it was kind of impossible not to be in wrestling. And that just kind of stuck with me from there, so really a classic story like all the rest. Um, but then, you know, fast forward to when I actually got into it, which was kind of later. Um, I didn't start really wrestling until I was about 27. Uh, just kind of one of the deals. Had to had to do it. It was been nagging at me, itching at me for so long, and finally just had enough. And you know, got with my manager, uh, A. Dick Vickers. He he couldn't be here today, but um, you know, from there, you know, on it just it kind of took on its own thing, and we've been doing it since. And when you get into professional wrestling as an occupation. Did you have any type of background, whether it be amateur wrestling or MMA or drama or anything like that that was going to prepare you, or was pro wrestling sort of something that you were jumping into without a lot of background for it? Well, kind of, and no, i never done any amateur wrestling, but I had played every sport, you know, other than that. I mean, soccer, baseball, basketball, hockey, football. I literally played all of them growing up. And then um, even played some semi-pro football <clears throat> in my early 20s. So, you know, I, I definitely, you know, have the athletic ability. But as far as the, you know, when you get into the training and you start, you know, learning all the, the steps and everything, it, it really, I've I've found out it's, out of all those sports, it is much more mental. Like it takes much more uh, of a special mentality to be able to time everything right. And that's what surprised me the most that I really wasn't prepared for. Um, but now I was, I was prepared, but, uh, you know, only to a certain degree. Um, as far as acting, I, I had done plays and stuff, but nothing really, you know, firm on that. So. Now there is a wrestler, uh, we had on this show at one point that, was fairly well known in the late 90s. He was Chris Hamrick. Was there any relation between you and Chris Hamrick of ECW fame? No, no. Uh, you're actually, uh, believe it or not, you're probably the first person that's asked me that. And um, I thought I'd been asked that a long time ago. Uh, no, I, no relation that I know of. Um, but I've seen, you know, a lot of his matches, um, you know, just uh, you know, good stuff there. Um, I, lo- I watched a lot of his matches when I was actually like in training, trying to learn the basics. Um, 
And was he somebody that even if there wasn't a relation, you kind of saw something in him that you wanted to bring out yourself in your own career, or was it just kind of you studied everybody at that point? Yeah, I was studying a lot of people. If I had to, you know, bring somebody in as far as, like, you know, who I learned off of, you know, it wouldn't be him. Uh, I have a style that's kind of a mixture between um, Flair, Rick Rude, uh, maybe Scott Steiner in there. Um, You know, of course, I love Henning and I love, you know, Brett's stuff. Um, You know, but, yeah, I wouldn't really copy or template anything from Chris. Um, You know, really just a lot of his amateur skills. Now, in your career, you've worked a lot, like you said, with a manager, a Dick Vickers. Managers are something that you don't see a ton of at the national level anymore. The independents have more, but there's still not the numbers that there used to be. Do you think that managers on the national level are something that would help improve the overall business, or do you think that the business may have moved past having a plethora of them at that level? Uh, no, I mean, I love having a manager and, you know, the manager aspect of in wrestling because I feel like it only adds to it, especially if you have a, a good manager, you know. I think about the greats like Bobby the Brain and, you know, um, oh, gosh, there's so many. Uh, you know, I even think about Arn Anderson in the late 90s when he kind of took that role of J.J. Dillon, um, you know, so – that's probably my favorite style of manager is one that like get the, isn't afraid to get in there and get his hands dirty, um, whether it's take a bump or actually, you know, get in there and you know get on the offense. But that's why I like it even more nowadays is because you don't see a lot of it. You know, what old is new? Again, I feel like that's the same thing with having a manager. And Adick, you know, he's just when I met him. Uh, Adam is his real name. When I met him, he was just, I mean, he was hilarious. And his whole, you know, he came up with that whole persona of his. And, you know, that it's really not even a persona. That's his real name. His name's Adam Richard Vickers. <laughs> so it just fit. Um, and actually, the re- he's doing a show this past weekend with a group called Stranglehold. And, um, you know, they're, they're an upcoming tag team. They're, you know, he's doing good things with them. So, you know, having him on my team really just it, it just made me better. So one of the things that we have noticed in the last few years is that even on the independent wrestling scene there's a lot more wrestling being streamed and put onto different networks. Uh a lot of companies will uh air their shows live on either YouTube or Facebook Live or what have you. A lot of them do the streaming services like uh, on the Roku device and so forth. Do you think that even on the independent level when you stream shows, that's going to affect the live attendance for shows, or do you think that it's going to make shows healthier having – that accessibility to watch it anywhere. No, I, I feel like any way you can get your content out there, especially to a mass audience, you know, take advantage of the opportunity. Uh, any tool is great, whether it's social media, you know, uh, television, you know, it, it doesn't matter whether it's live. I feel like if your if your product's good enough, then you put it out there, and people only want to come see it live. That should only encourage them to come see it live. So, now I feel like it only helps the product as long as you're putting out, you know, what what people want to see. That's a good product. On the independent circuit, I'm sure you're like a coach and myself, where you've been to many, many different promotions that vary as far as 
what they provide for talent and accommodations and things of that nature. One of the things that is always a nice little touch if you're working on a show is having catering. Uh, some promotions will bring in food and drinks and let the wrestlers have a meal before the show, especially if they have a early call time for whatever reason. Do you run into a lot of shows that actually offer a little bit of catering so the wrestlers can eat without having to leave the venue, find food, come back, or even pack their own food and make sure they have something accessible? Yeah, I mean, you know, some of the nicer promotions definitely, um, you know, and, and I'm sure that it all comes down to economics, but... You know, they do provide catering, and that is a big bonus. That is so nice, especially if it's, you know, good catering. But honestly, I, I'm as appreciative to the point where, you know, if you bring, if you have water, you know, I've wrestled in some places that, you know, where you're changing, you know, you, you definitely don't want to even drink in there, so let alone eat. So, um, you know, different places, different venues have different, you know, accommodations, but, uh, you know, one of the nicest uh, companies, you know, and I, I'll plug them, is, uh, would be IWA East Coast. They had a full spread. Um, you know, I know they didn't do as many shows with the whole COVID deal since COVID's come around, but every show that I did with them, they had a full spread of catering, and they had different stuff, you know. So anytime you have a company that pulls that, you know, type of service out for its, you know, really its employees, and it just it makes you feel, you know, you want to come back, you know, so definitely makes a difference. Well, one of the people in your area that has become a independent superstar, he's wrestled for a lot of the bigger independent promotions. He's had cups of coffee at the national level. And that is Jason Kincaid out of West Virginia. Do you get a chance to cross paths with him very often? Oh yeah, I mean I've I, I mean I've been hurt for the past uh, two months. I broke my collarbone and separated my shoulder, uh, both on the same side. So you know I haven't got to see him as much in the past two months. But up until that point, he was one of my trainers. Um, him along with Chance Prophet and. Uh, I mean, I worked with, I was trained for a few weeks by Jillian Hall. Um, she ran a school for a little while down in the area. But Jason is great. I mean, he he has showed me so much. And um, his training ways, it really enabled me to be able to connect the dots as far as, you know, you, you got your move sets that you want to do or, you know, that, you know, you, you like to do, but he was able to help me to connect, you know, you know, scene to scene, move to move, but he, he's just, I can't speak enough for him as far as a trainer and a coach, um, and the same with Chance, you know, both them guys at the Pirate Slam Academy, they, they're doing great things, and I have no doubt that in the next few years, you're going to see a couple of, you know, great stars, you know, including myself, you know, come out of there. Chance Prophet, Jason Kincaid, Jillian Hall, three of my favorite people I've ever been on shows with in my own career. So I think you're doing fairly well if that's who is teaching you. Now, when you look at sort of the landscape of wrestling, like we were saying, things differ on the independent circuit a lot and the quality of everything is going to vary, but who are some of the referees out there that you think are very, very good that may not get the credit that they deserve? Oh, man. Uh, I would say there's a company up north. um, Let me see. I think they're called ATCW, Atlantic Terror Championship Wrestling. 
And I will say I've worked with a couple of their refs on different shows. Um, but I know that they they're, they're, they mainly work with ATCW. And I wish I could remember their name. I apologize. But working with them on a couple of different shows, you know, up north in, you know, Morgantown, Pittsburgh area, um, it, it really – they – you know, when you work different areas, just like, you know, wrestlers, different talent, you, you find different, you know, classes of referees, you know, and you know, some that are just starting out and some that are experienced, but it just seemed like whatever they're doing up there with their refs, um, you know, if I was running a promotion, I, I would book their refs because they were on point and they knew what to do and you really didn't have to, to school them too much as far as what's going on with the event or the match. Well, at this point in time, my co-host, Coach Mike Jones, is with us. I know Coach has questions for you also, so I'm going to pass things over to him. Hey, Nick. Thanks for coming on. Hey, how's it going, man? It's going great. Beautiful day over here in Puyallup, Washington. And you were saying you uh, grew up in one of the best uh, wrestling cities. Which one was that? Well, I grew up in one of the best wrestling eras, you know, the early 90s and the late 90s. But uh, as far as cities, you know, Charleston, West Virginia is where I was born and raised. And then I've, I've lived for a few years, um, you know, in my 20s uh, in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, so both those cities, a lot of history with the whole Mid-Atlantic and WCW and, you know, those those days. So, All right, right on. Okay, and so who were some of your heroes growing up, whether it was wrestling, sports, or ordinary life? Heroes, uh, you know, I was a 90s kid, so, of course, uh, you know, Michael Jordan, the Bulls, uh, Emmett Smith, the Cowboys. Um, you know, I enjoyed watching, you know, Jeff Gordon and racing a little bit, but uh, my number one all-time, you know, umbrella over all those rest of those sports and heroes was – you know, wrestling and Ric Flair. So that would probably be my biggest inspiration or, you know, um, hero as far as growing up as a kid. Okay, cool. And then, so what were some of the most memorable matches you've seen or been involved with? Uh, Well, the very first, one of the very first memories I have in life, uh, I was probably four, four or five years old. Um, I remember my parents were having a bunch of people over for a big cookout, and they were watching the Bash at the Beach, you know, 94 with Flair and Hogan. And that, you know, I don't remember much of the whole event or the the match. I just remember seeing Ric Flair on TV. And uh, so that was pretty cool having that as, like, a first memory. But as far as memorable matches, you know, there's so many that I've seen throughout the years. I'm a huge fan. I've watched – you know, whether it's WWF, you know, WWE, ECW, NWA, you know, it doesn't, AWA, it doesn't matter. Um, as far as being a part of, I got to see Flair come to Charleston with Shawn Michaels when he was uh, with, you know, an uh, honorary member of DX. And I think that was in 2008. And that, that was pretty cool. Um, got to see him wrestle in a tag team match. Um, so seeing that live, that was that was pretty special. Right on. And what's your what's your self defense background? Self defense, you know, I, growing up, other than you know just playing normal sports, I, I did box. Um, now I didn't do any actual real matches, but I went to training and I boxed for years. Um, you know, just sparring at the classes and with the coaches, but. Uh, so I do have a boxing background before I got into wrestling. So, yeah. All right. And so who who are some of your favorite people to work? To work? Yeah. Uh, let's see. Yeah, to work, uh, I tell you what, Mike Sark um, out of Ashland, Kentucky, he was a lot of fun. We uh, – we did a couple of good shows together, and then um, Ron Mathis, uh, I faced him, I think, Bluefield, West Virginia, and he, he was 
you know, Ron's been in the business uh, a while now, and he's he's had a lot of you know awesome uh, accomplishments in his own right. And uh, so just to be in the ring with him was pretty cool. Uh, Bruce Gray was another one. Um, yeah, those are just to name a few. Uh, some some special ones. Other than you know, I, I've been in the ring with Chance Prophet. That was that was pretty cool. That was a he is he was my coach, but at the same time, growing up as a kid, you know, around Charleston, West Virginia, that was you know somebody I looked up to. So it was pretty cool sharing the ring with him. Definitely. And one of our our uh, standard questions we ask: Sign guy would like to know what's your favorite coffee to drink. Favorite coffee? Oh, it'd have to be. Uh, uh, I hope I'm saying this right. Vernada Blend, Starbucks. Okay. And then, who were some of your toughest opponents? Toughest opponents. Oh man, I was involved in a couple battle royals with him. So never a one-on-one match, thank God. But there's a man that's coming out of, uh, I believe, Charleston or Nitro, West Virginia. And you're going to see a lot of them this year um, because this year really is going to be his breakout year, I believe. And that's uh, Mad Nick Manns. Mad Nick Manns, just like the name, he's a mad man, and he is a big dude. (laughs) You do not want to be getting hit by him or be on the other uh, end of the ring toe-to-toe with him. Okay, and then what some suggestions do you have for people wanting get wanting to get into the business? Suggestions? Well, you know, when I was when I originally wanted to do this, I was like, you know, 17, 18 years old, and there was almost no schools around. Um most of the schools were thousands of dollars and you had to move and live there for, you know, a year or so and for the 17, 18, 19-year-old kid, you know, it was a little too much for me to take on. So nowadays, there's all kinds of opportunities. You see these schools everywhere. My advice would be to make sure that you're getting the right training, um, to not, you know, not waste your money on training that, you know, is teaching you wrong things or, or just taking advantage of you. You need to do your research, find you a school, and just get your foot in the door, start, whether it's paying your dues or just, you know, training, uh, working out, watching film. You've got to put in the work, and it may not happen today, tomorrow, but eventually that hard work will pay off, and you'll somebody will notice around, and you'll get your first match, and then once you get your first match, um, then you have some film that you can try to, you know, get other people to book you. Um, and then you just go from there. You just keep plugging away. That's the key. It's it's simple, but it's not easy. Yeah. All right. And then uh, what are some schools you'd like to suggest for people? Oh, well, there is Pirate Slam Academy out of Nitro, West Virginia. Um, they're the ones that train me, and they bring in a lot of, um, you know, big names as far as, you know, whether it's to help coach for a couple of weeks or just to do a seminar. You know, they brought in uh, Tom Pritchard for a weekend. That was really cool. Jake Christ came in for a seminar, a um, couple others. But so if you're in that area, that's a good place. Um, another one uh, is, I believe, FTC. I don't know if they're still operating, but, you know, they, there's a lot of good talent that I know that came out of FTC. Um, so you may look them up, uh, trying to think as far as, you know, if you're going to, uh, there's a school in North Carolina that, um, can't remember the guy's name. I wish I could, but he does a lot of shows with, um, CPW and they're a, a, a company up in Morgantown, West Virginia, and that that man brings a lot of talent, and I know he he brings in a lot of um, you know good coaches to you know train those guys from down there. And uh, I think it's Mount Airy, North Carolina, is where he's at. 
All right. And then your manager, taking a look at him, he's another good-looking dude. He looks like he could hold his own also. Yeah, and the thing about Adick is is that he <laughs> Adick actually is uh, really big in the jujitsu. So I watched that man get in the you know in the ring and roll with guys twice his size and not only hold his own but get them to submit. So, you know, I know that uh he has a certain persona about him and you know, he, he likes that because he's like that uh, that secret striker. He's my wild card. You know, you never expect him to strike, but when he does, man, he, he really knows how to. Um and and like I said, he's I think he's right now doing some stuff with Stranglehold, a tag team, and they're uh, they're 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 going to be they're going to be really fun to watch this year. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm watching your video right now with you and him doing a promo. What's he got? The golden the golden mirror. Yeah, he's he's got a golden mirror, um, and then he also likes to uh, you know we. We're in West Virginia, so West Virginia, Kentucky, Ohio, you know, Pennsylvania. We run into a lot of, um, uh, I guess, uh, poor hygiene people, shall we say. And he <laughs> likes to um, toss out bars of soap to the fans and give them instructions on how to bathe. Yeah, and he's carrying around $100 bills. <laughs> yeah, we 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 try to um, you know we get a couple of refs that are smart that decide that the, they like to make a payday and you know we work something out behind the scenes so you always got to be prepared. A yeah, win another thing is in any case necessary, right? A win is a win. Exactly. Another thing I'm impressed with your gear is pretty awesome too. Nice jacket you got there. Yeah, um, a guy named Lou Bird designed that and made that. And, uh, man, he he just – I gave him kind of an idea of what I wanted, and, man, he just nailed it. And he, he – if you look him up, he does a lot of gear for a lot of people in the industry, and he, he does great work. Lou Bird. Okay, cool. And then uh, Johnny Fairplay's from that area. Are you familiar with him? I am, but, um, you know, I haven't crossed paths with him yet, um, you know, on the road. And so hopefully that uh, that happens one day, but as of right now, hasn't hasn't occurred yet. Okay. And, hey, what do you got coming up? Well, nothing right now. I'm kind of taking some time off with my family, um, you know, with my collarbone and my uh, separated shoulder. It's uh, it's close to pretty much you know healed up, um, but again it was I, I abused it for a long time, and so when I finally went to the doctor, he was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> so yeah, I'm just kind of taking some time and then enjoying uh, with my family. And how do people get a hold of you? Well, I mean, they can always head over to my Facebook uh, page, Handsome Nick Hammer. That's where you can get all the merchandise. Um, you know, we got the wrestling buddies, the T-shirts, little old school uh, style uh, cards, trading cards, a lot of other stuff on there. Or you can go on the Twitter. Um, it's Nick Hammer Two is the Twitter page. Um, but that's basically how you can get a hold of me, how you can follow my matches. I have a YouTube page as well. Um, just type in Nick Hamrick and it'll come up. Uh, yeah, I got a lot of content on there. Um, you know, check it out. Right on. Okay, cool. So, yeah, I just sent, um, gave you a like on your Facebook page, and I'm looking forward to looking looking at more of your stuff. And uh, we've done over 1,700 shows now. In over 10 years, and we're proud and honored to have you on. Thank you so much, and I wish you all the luck in the world. Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on, and I'm I'm honored for the opportunity, and uh, you know I can't wait to hear more uh, from Turnbuckle Turmoil. And uh, I'm sure Signs got more since uh, you said you were scheduled for another 10 minutes or so. Yeah, yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Nick, one of the things in pro wrestling that a lot of people put a lot of thought into and a lot of uh, emphasis on 
especially early in their career, it seems like, is the entrance music. What's your entrance music as far as what you've been doing lately, and has it evolved much over your career? Well, you know, when I went through, I kind of always had an idea of, you know, the the person I wanted to be because the best character for you is basically you turned up to level 100. So, you know, I always had the little bit of cocky, arrogant, you know, handsome Nick Hamrick in me um, growing up because being a good-looking guy in Charleston, West Virginia, you got hated on quite a bit. Um, So it just kind of that screw you too mentality. And so when I was going through, you know, picking my name, picking my gear, you know, it all happened within a month of what I was going to do because I wanted to have it right from the start. And um, I probably went through 600 songs. And, you know, it was just this one was clear as day. It was Mother Danzig, you know, from Danzig Mother. So, a lot of people were like, what? Like, they're thrown off by that. They're they're so shocked. But then when you watch me, if you come to a match and you see me, my motion, and you hear the lyrics, and you see my character, then you really, you understand it. I've had several wrestlers go, I don't, I don't think that's going to work. And then they see it, and they're like, man, that's perfect. So for me, I, I don't know if it if, if, it may change, um, you know, as I change, but, you know, for right now, it's it's Mother Danzig. We have a wrestler up in our neck of the woods named Dave Turner who also uses that. So at some point, if you ever wrestle Dave Turner, there's going to be a whole lot of Danzig that day. Yeah, we might have to have a match song uh, for the song, you know. Song versus song. I think so. And if you need tips to beat him, I've never lost to Dave Turner. I defeated him on our one somewhat sanctioned match. So I'll give you some tips. (laughs) Good deal. Oh, another thing that a lot of people put a lot of stress and emphasis on is their wrestling gear. A lot of people come up with really elaborate designs. A lot of people put a lot of thought into making their gears stand out from what everyone else is wearing. Some people just order what's available now on high spots and be done with it. Some people have dozens of sets of gears. Some people have one. There's all kinds of variations on that. What's your own personal gear game like these days? Well, like, I mean, like I said, I had Lou Bird make my stuff, but before then, you know, I I remember my one, the only show that I had this gear, it was my debut show. And, um, you know, after that show, I I wore Lou's stuff, but, uh, you know, it was just a normal style of pants, generic pants from high spots. Um, if you look at the pictures, you would see that they're, you've probably seen those pants for the past 20 years. Um, they're like blue and white and they have jagged edges. But uh, I remember when I went to the, the locker room to change and I changed and, you know, I'm in there, mind you, Juventud Guerrero, <laughs> my debut show is, is right over there. He's the main event. And, you know, in front of him, there's a couple other up-and-coming wrestlers in the area that, you know, been doing it for years. And they, they like, you know, they, they, they didn't really make fun, but they definitely, like, laughed at my gear. And, you know, I had good boots, and I, had an, I still had a nice jacket that represented my character and had my, you know, logos and everything on there. But at that moment, I realized it was like, okay, if you're going to do this, if you don't, if you want to be taken seriously, I mean, you, you've really got to seek out somebody and get custom gear. So if, you know, if money is an issue, I get that. Do with what you can while you can. Um, but the first opportunity you have to get, you know, custom gear, that's what you got to do. I would agree with you for that for sure. Well, I know your time was a little bit short today, and I want to make sure you have 
more than enough time. If there's anything that you would like to say to the listeners, plug and promote anything and everything, appearances, merchandise, social media, your favorite used car lot, anything you'd like, floor is all yours. <laughs> now, I, uh, I've pretty much plugged everything that I needed to. Um, I will say that, you know, we're, we're sponsored, um, or one of my sponsors is Charleston Gold Buyers. So uh, they're, they're another company in the in the valley. The uh, you know buy gold, so you might want to check them out. Um, but other than that, I've plugged everything I need to. Um, if you're looking for a wrestling school, like I said, Power Slam Academy. If you're in West Virginia, Ohio, Kentucky area, it's you know I have people that would drive two hours to go to that school because it was that good. Um, and you know, second to that. I think everybody needs to give the old man a chance and let's check out one more good memory on July 31st. <laughs> I think we all need to just get our popcorn ready, sit back and relax and uh, watch the, the flare match because I hear a lot of people online, you know, getting really, you know, peeved about it and, you know, worried and all that. And, I, and trust me, I'm worried too, but at the same time, I think with Conrad doing it and the people he's got around him, I think they're going to do it right, and you're not going to see him. Um, I don't think you're going to see him have any type of medical event in the ring. So everybody just needs to have a good time. All right. Well, handsome Nick Hamrick, it has been our pleasure to have you on the show. We definitely appreciate you being with us, and I look forward to the next time you are with us and tell all of your teachers that I said hello. Hopefully our paths will cross again too. Yeah, and remember, handsome Nick Hamrick is the man with 100% pure greatness in his veins. And I would never lie to you, baby. Believe it. <laughs> I believe Thanks. it for sure. Well, ladies and right, gentlemen, you seen uh, handsome Nick Hammer. Get on the YouTubes, check him out. He's a great, great talent. I know his teachers very well. They are fantastic, so you can imagine the quality they are coming out with as far as students go, so search him out. I got some show notes for some people looking for some professional wrestling in the next few days. Tonight, WCWO at the Outlaw Arena in Indianapolis, Indiana. Coach, what's the address for that? Oh, goodness. 110? Nope, nope. I'm going to have to write it down. All right, write this down. 1151 South Kentucky Avenue in Indianapolis, Indiana. (laughs) FGW tonight in Hamilton, Ohio. ECW in Liberty, Kentucky. Tomorrow night, Power Pit. Pro Wrestling returning to Roseburg, Oregon, APW in Clearfield County, Ohio. EOB is running the Outlaw Arena in Indianapolis. Coach, what's the address on that? 1151. Yes, South Kentucky Avenue. South Kentucky Avenue. JICW in Martinsville, Indiana. UCW in Hopkinsville, Kentucky, KEPW in Frankfort, Kentucky, Pro Wrestling King in Knox, Indiana, FFW in Panama City, Florida, NWP in Terre Haute, Indiana, RPW in Pacey, Michigan, APW running the Corbin Civic Center in Corbin, Kentucky tomorrow, SCW in Cornelius, Georgia, Sunday, Northwest Pro running out of their normal zone. They are running in Portland, Oregon at a festival. Blue Collar Wrestling later that Sunday in Portland at the Colony. Pro Wrestling King back at it in Knox, Indiana. And on Monday, because of the Independence Holiday, you got some shows running then as well. War Wrestling in Lima, Ohio, and also Wrestle Club with a big event in Boise, Idaho. So if you have some wrestling near you in the next few days, get out there, support it. Great time to watch a show. Lots of outdoor shows this time of year. 
Coach, happy Bobby Bonilla Day to you. It is. Every July 1st, he collects another million-dollar check from the New York Mets, right? He does. Over a million dollars. It's like a million, 129,000 and change. They might have regretted yeah. that back in 1991 when the ink was dried. And that was one of the most uh, cunning and strategic and greatest contracts anyone could have ever signed. Not if you were the mess. Well, for a player, of course. Yeah, yeah. If you were the New York mess, then, yeah, you got messed around on that. But for Bobby Bonilla, he just opens up his mailbox, pulls out a million dollars every single July 1st. He must really love Canada Day. He does. And you know what? People need to know that you have a you hate the Mets and the Cubs. Can you let us know why? With a passion, I hate them. Now, of course, I'm a Reds fan, so that spells out most of it. But, of course, there's that whole thing with Tom Seaver. That made me angry. Made me very angry. Well, Tom wasn't happy to go there the first time, but it worked out well for him. He got some rings. I would have bought him a ring if he had stayed. Yeah? All right. And what about the Cubs? What's your what's your heat with the Cubs? Well, you know, I'm a Reds fan, and that's the natural rival, the natural hatred there. So if I see a guy in a Cubs uniform, my instinct is to just punch them. Well, then I definitely won't be wearing my Cherry uh, Wood Cubs shirt around you. I would hope not. <laughs> I'd hate to have to rip that thing off of you and start choking you out with it. I wouldn't want to do that. Damn, son. Are you that violent? Plus, you should know I'm I'm an effing ninja. You're not even going to get close enough to my space. Okay? you got to stay at least an inch outside my radius or you're in trouble. Eh, I don't know. I can get pretty heated when it comes to that type of jersey. (laughs) Okay. I believe you, but I'm just letting you know. All right, now, well. Coach, I mentioned, uh, oh, go ahead, Coach, sorry. No, I interrupted you. Oh, I was just going to say I uh, wanted to also point out that Russell Club, like I said, with outdoor shows, they are doing an outdoor venue, so it's a good idea to bring your own lawn chair if you have one, and also remember the sunscreen, but Russell Club running as they often do on Independence Day, and they always attach a charity to their show. So when you pay to see Russell Club, you're helping put some money into local charities. So get out there, support that. And also, I believe I missed a show tomorrow, PWX in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, that featuring... Jesse Bell Smothers, who has a birthday tomorrow. So happy birthday to Jesse Bell, whom I once thought put me in the hospital, but she did not. She's quite the sweetie, and she's a former Turnbuckle guest, and we hope to have her on again. Absolutely. Always a delight to get to see Jesse Bell whenever I get the opportunity, even though I briefly thought she put me in the hospital. I was convinced of it. I was like, that's ah, okay. It was just Jesse Bell. Turned out it wasn't her at all, though. And then you know the the facts of life. She's a sweetie. She would not. I don't think she would do that to you. Well, I didn't think it was intentional. Okay. And then I'm checking out right now at Great America Ballpark. Right now, the Cincinnati Reds are underway hosting the Atlanta Braves. Mike Miner's on the hill, and has just started throwing his, his first pitches. Indeed so. Always a good series, the Reds and the Braves. They're two of the oldest franchises in the game. 
Yesterday, Tommy Pham had a big day, and so did, so did Joey Votto. It looks like he's back on track. His average is up to 224 now. Yeah, it's always a tough start for Joey Votto. He is traditionally a late starter pretty much every season of his career. He struggles to start and then starts heating up, and he ends up being just fine. But it takes him a while to get going. Definitely. Yeah, and the Mariners, they've been heating up after they were 10 games under 500. Now they're only four games under 500 at 37 and 41. They won two in a row since that huge brawl in Anaheim. A bunch of people got suspended. J.P. Crawford's on his suspension right now. And we're hosting the A's at T-Mobile Park tonight. Marco Gonzalez is on the hill against James Kerpillian. Kerpillian's 0-5, and, and Marco's 4-8, and 8, but he's got an impressive ERA with a 3.31. Now, the A's, they might be, and we say this you know, knowing full well it's not happened in decades, but they might be looking to move to a new location. Yes, definitely. It's really sad that minor league teams draw more than the Oakland A's. A's have traditionally not drawn exceptionally well, but they've been in Oakland for decades. It would be sad to see them have to leave. But they've surprised us before. They've stuck around when everybody wrote them off as definitely leaving, so we'll have to see how it plays out. For sure, and Julio Rodriguez has been heating up. Him and Jesse Winker, both of them. Julio's hit home runs in two two games in a row, and Jesse Winker's been doing good since having a slow start. He's now batting two thirty five. Now that tells you just how horrible the Reds were to start when you were saying they're doing really great now, and guys are only hitting two twenty five and two thirty five. Yeah, goodness. And, yeah, the minor, your minor leagues aren't doing as bad. The other minor day, leagues are doing the okay. So they started off slow as well for the most part, but they're coming along. Yeah, the other day in Dayton, their, their outfielder, Hendricks, threw out two people on the base pass. So that was looking impressive. And they got a, a stockpile of shortstops down there in, in the minors. Yeah, I mean, maybe the management there in Cincinnati knew a little bit more than people thought they did. Maybe the they have things on the right track there at the minor league level. It was kind of written off at the beginning of the year. But baseball is a marathon, not a sprint. Definitely. Okay, let's take a look at some of that stuff. The Dayton Dragons. They're having a really good year so far. I would imagine they're in first place. I believe they're either first or second, yeah. Yeah, they're playing at Great Lakes today. Let me see. That's up in uh, Michigan, I believe. Yes, that's what I was going to say. Okay. And let me see here. Dayton is now 43 and 29, but Great Lakes is 44 and 28, and they're playing at Dow Diamond Field in Michigan there. See, we were right. It was in Michigan. Yeah, yeah. And have you got to see the Dayton Dragons yet? Not in person. I've seen. Clips and highlights, but I haven't been to a game, of course. Okay. And let me see. Dela Cruz is doing good still, batting 297. Yeah. And that guy, the outfielder I was telling you about, Hendricks, let's check him out. Austin Hendricks, 21-year-old out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. He's a former number one draft pick, 12th overall. So, yeah, he might be doing good someday soon, hopefully. He's in his first year in the minors. 
I believe they took a little bit of a look at him during the spring training, too. I believe he was up there for a little while before getting transferred. Right on. And then Eli De La Cruz, 20-year-old. Man, he's a tall guy. He's 6'5", 200 pounds, sort of lanky. He's out of Dominican Republic. He's got 15 home runs and 47 RBIs. He looks pretty impressive. And then Absolutely. they also got a um, for Louisville, the guy Baroa. What you know about him? Uh, a little bit. He's going to be a good player, I think, but he might not be with the big club up until they do the call-ups in September. Okay. Yeah, and then the Rainiers won two games in a row in extra innings. Um, let me see. Kelnick batting 297, but he's still striking out every one out of three times, so they didn't give him a chance to come back up yet. They, they did uh, bring up Marcus Wilson. He's been in the minors for eight years and finally got a chance. And he got his first at-bat the other day as a Mariner and ended up walking. He got a big ovation for that. Well, of course. And then Cal Raleigh's been coming on strong ever since uh, Luis Torrens hurt his shoulder in that fight. That fight was pretty impressive. Jesse Winker went over there challenge the whole team, basically. Well, I mean, yeah, but then you lose games, you lose A when you do that, so. Exactly, and then you know what people don't realize? Everybody's going, oh, they're going back to, uh," or no, the Angels are coming back to Seattle August 4th. Hey, buddy, you better not forget, we're going back to Anaheim September 16th for four games. You guys need to settle this stuff down rather than thinking they want to keep it going. And then just our luck, we'll go up there over there to California in September and lose a bunch of people, not just by suspension, by injury also. Yeah, that can definitely happen. How do you remember when Nolan Ryan was firing rabbit punches into the face of Black Jack McDowell? Yeah, I also remember when he he got dude in a headlock and started punching him in the head. That's what I was referencing, yeah. Yeah, they frown on that now in baseball. They definitely frown on that. McDowell was a pitcher, and so it wasn't McDowell. Oh, it was was Robin Ventura. Robin Ventura, yes. Yeah. He was mad at Blackjack McDowell, which led to the heat, which led uh, Robin Ventura coming out. And that always reminds me of Randy Johnson when he he was headhunting some people and they interviewed him afterwards and Randy goes, look, I'm not intimidated. I'm the intimidator. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. They just frown on that now because people get lost to injuries and it shortens careers and that type of thing, which you can definitely understand. Definitely. And then Tacoma is now 30-44. and 44. They're hosting the Salt Lake City Bees for 35-40 and 40 at Cheney Stadium tonight. And Tacoma starters to be determined. And, uh... Salt Lake is is putting on the mound a guy named Junk. He's 0-2 with the 508. So he probably throws some junk balls. He might. His name is Jan- He's probably got like a Jansen- fork ball or something. And, hey, let's take a look at him. Jansen Junk is a 26-year-old right-hander. He's out of Federway, Washington. He was born in Federway in 96. He went to Seattle University College was a 22-round pick out of the Yankees. 
Now, did you ever get to go see him play while he was in federal way? No, I didn't. I haven't seen any baseball games in federal way. Oh, well, it is pretty far away from you. Yeah, not that far. Jeez. Still, you'd have to walk for like 10 miles or something. No, it's it's like 20-something miles. Okay, let's see here. a long walk. Yeah. Do you have any more uh, insight on the Reds minor league system? Uh, not so much, really, that we haven't covered. Hopefully, they continue the progress. I think we're going to see De La Cruz on the big league team, I'd say maybe this month. Okay, that'd be nice to see. And then the Arkansas Travelers are at the Tulsa in the Texas League today. Arkansas is our only team with a winning record in the, in the Mariners organization. They're 38-34. and 34. They're playing at one Oklahoma field, and Tulsa is 41-29. and 29. And today Arkansas is going with Stephen Kolick against Tulsa's John Rooney. So that should be a good game. Should be, should be. All right, so we got Sunday off, a rare day off on Turnbuckle. Taking a rare day off to have the holidays celebrated, but we will be back with it next week. One week from today, Coach, we have Judge Jesse coming to the show. We do, and my goodness, we were two months ahead on booking. Now we're like, are we still only two weeks ahead or what? Uh, We got some, uh, we got most, uh, we got all of July. We got all of July. Finished up a couple of guys earlier this week. Looking to finalize August, waiting for some confirmations. Well, let's go over July because I'm missing four of the dates for the people. Okay. Do you have your pencil that you were using earlier to write down the address for the Outlaw Arena? I do. Okay. Here we go. Next week, the 8th, we have Judge Jesse. The 10th, referee Jason Stone out of the great state of New York. The 15th, Vince Steele. The 17th, Eric Wright. 22nd, Chet Ripley, the 24th, Rachel Armstrong, who makes her home at 1151 South Kentucky Avenue. 29th, we have Mega Mondo. And then on the 31st, Tim Porras, referee out of the Ohio area. Tim Porras. Yes. Okay. And then we still have people on the list to hopefully get them booked for August. We are trying to communicate with some people that were on the list, see if we can get them, and hopefully we'll get them soon. Also, a theme coming up in August. We're still finalizing a couple of the spots, but this theme does help us all. It comes from the mind of Sabotage Styles. Right on. Okay, you guys can check me out at Coach Mike Jones, the coach with the most. Also, Coach Mike Jones on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. Don't forget to check out the Coach Mike Jones Show podcast tomorrow between noon and 1.30. I got Sunny Days on there. We'll be giving her a little bit of an interview and talking about what she's got coming up. And we got the big UFC fights coming up this weekend. So I got Jeff the G on to go over that. Then we got All Things Fitness Quest with seven-time world champ Brad Swartz and Jake Swartz. Then, of course, I'll be doing the Mariners and Reds organizational report. So looking forward to that. Also, don't forget to check out the Real School Army and the NGW Green Room. And if you need a tow in the Northwest, get a hold of Big Boys Towing and tell them Coach Mike sent you.
Hopefully nobody's lost their toe and has to make that call, but if they do, they got you covered. If you need your car towed. Oh, okay. That makes a little more sense. And then you just did the sign of the times 537 last week. We did. It was from an undisclosed game last week. You may have seen a very disclosed old Ken Hamlin and some surprise guests. And they had some bean. It was a beanball fest, you said. It was that undisclosed game. There were a lot of hits batsmen. And I never got to find out who won the game. The Fish Sticks won. It was... 19 to 12, if I'm not mistaken. I believe that was the final score. And what was the name of the team and where were they from that they played? They played the Honks. I believe the Honks are from Redmond, but I'm not 100% sure, but I believe Redmond is where the Honks play their ball. Okay, cool. And Chicken Bob was at the game. He got to see his all-time favorite baseball rule go into effect. You know Chicken Bob's favorite rule in baseball, right, Coach? Exactly. Yeah? Yeah, Chicken Bob loves it when the pitchers balk. Too bad you don't have Jimi Hendrix Star Spangled Banner to close the show out with today. Well, I have something just as appropriate. Are you prepared as we wrap things up? Well, how do people contact you? Well, they could uh, get on the Book of Faces. They could follow me on the Twitter, but not literally. That's creepy, even if it is Dylan Bostick's mother, Missy. She follows me on the Twitter, but she doesn't just follow me everywhere I go hiding behind plants or something. I don't think. Let's nope, nope. see's not there. I imagine and, she's cute since since he's good looking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You've never met Missy Bostick? No, not yet. Delightful woman. Right on. And speaking of Dylan Bostick, he'll be on that show tomorrow night in Indianapolis. Dylan making one of his rare Indianapolis appearances, so you should go out there and check that out while you have the opportunity. We got to be on Heroes and Legends with him. I did. Um, I've been on many, many shows with Dylan Bostic over the years. Dylan Bostic even, in fact, once was my booker. Sweet. He was, I believe, in his... Third or fourth year of being 18 years old at that point. Damn, okay. Well, I want to wish you All right, but are you prepared as we wind this out and head off into holiday coach? Let's do it. Here we go.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.